Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome back and thank you for joining us on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is episode 51 and we are going to be naming our season award winners and be naming our first ever all Dubuque team from the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach. Coach Manaman, and I am joined by my co-host, who is still yet not come up with a fun, catchy name, but we are joined by Andrew Redman from Clark University. Andrew, before we start to unveil the team, what is something that you would like to share about this season before we break down the catcher position? Hey, Nick, thanks for having me again. Uh, you know, I'm just glad this season happened, you know, with everything going on and obviously COVID really, <laughs> I'm really amazed, you know, how many teams played almost an entire season. So thank goodness for that. I'm glad there was a good summer of baseball. Um, yeah, let's get rolling with it. It was a lot of fun. And next year, I think Dubuque is primed to have another great year. Hempstead's locked and loaded. Senior has a lot of juniors that had some big years coming up to be seniors. Um, Waller has a lot of juniors and younger guys uh, with another year of experience, and it will be interesting. Interesting to see what happens with Western Dubuque because they are losing a lot. But we're not here to talk about next year. We're here to talk about this year and our postseason awards and the all Dubuque team. Now, I do want to preface this. When we were putting this team together, we are going on stats and stats only. We're not judging it on who's going to this big university to play, or whose dad I'm friends with, or if this kid was in my class. We are strictly basing it on statistics. So there might be some guys that were on the preseason all-debut team that did not make this team because some guys just flat out had a better record or a better stat line than they did. Coach Redman, are you ready for catcher? I'm ready. Let's roll. At catcher from senior high school, we have Ben Hafel. And catcher, it was a toss-up between him and Zach Sabres. Both had huge years. Um, Calvin Harris actually was not eligible for catcher because he pitched DH'd and played a little bit of first base. Now here is Ben Hafel's stat line on the year. Ben Hafel was 
He had four runs, 21 hits, 13 singles, seven doubles, and one home run. He had 17 RBIs. He had 31 total bases with a batting average of 420 and had an on-base percentage of 508. Coach, what would you like to add about Ben Hafel before we reveal the first baseman on the all-debut team? Yeah, it was Hafel. You know, I really hadn't seen him play before this year. Uh, last summer, I didn't catch many games. I heard he was a good player, and he's definitely an up-and-coming kid, but I saw him play a few times this summer and was extremely impressed with his game. Um, he's composed for a young kid. Um, can obviously swing the bat. Those stats kind of speak for themselves, but it was exciting to see him play. I, I think he's going to have a good future. He does have a bright future ahead of him. And then we move to first base. And first base comes from Western Dubuque, a kid by the name of Sawyer Nauman. And I would like to thank his mom, Carrie Nauman, for allowing me to use all of her great pitchers over the season. So Sawyer had a stat line, a batting average of 390, an on-base percentage of 490. He had 41 at-bats, scored 10 runs, had 16 hits, Three doubles, two home runs, 16 RBIs. And he is what some people claim is the gem of Dubuque. He is not yet committed to play college baseball, and they consider him the gem of Dubuque because whichever program gets him, they are getting a kid with monster potential who has flown under the radar up until this point. Coach Redmond, what can you tell us about Sawyer Nauman? Yeah, your description description is absolutely right. I saw him play this year um, quite a few times as well. I mean, the dude's just his at bats are electric. I mean, he can hit the ball. That game out in uh, West of B or out in Farley against Cedar Falls, I thought he I thought he had a home run dead center. Um, you know, he just has exciting at bats all the time. Hits the ball hard. I'm excited for his future as well because he's going he's gonna to go somewhere and there's going to be a team that, that uses him a bunch. I'll be curious to see if Clark scrapes him up and he's a, he's a pride, a member of the old Crusaders. He's the Clark pride. Now, second base was probably the most difficult position to pick because all four second basemen had outstanding years in their own right. You had Max Pins from Hempstead that had a phenomenal year. You had Ben Gorley from Senior that had a phenomenal year. Ben Bryant had one of the most craziest stat lines I've ever seen. Ben Bryant had an on-base percentage of 509. He walked 15 times and got hit nine times. So he got on base 24 times either by being drilled or by walking, and he only had 29 at-bats for the season. But we're going to give it to Wallert Catholic High School second baseman Jake Brogius, and he hit 405. He had an on-base percentage of 500, and he had 22 runs scored, 17 hits, he had three doubles, two triples, only had four RBIs out of the leadoff spot, but he also was 12 for 12 on stolen bases. What can you tell us about Jake Brogius, 
game. Yeah, I saw him play for the first time this year as well. And I mean, he's he can run. That's the one thing that stood out to me is he just ran, like you said, twelve for twelve with stolen bases, puts the puts the bat on the baseball. Uh, he really got their offense going. You know, when he was on base and moving around, that offense seemed to flow really well. So well deserved on his end. Next, we have our shortstop position, and this person actually made the preseason all-debut team as a second baseman, but he did not play any second base this year. He comes from senior high. His name is Cole Smith, and Cole Smith this year had an astronomical batting average of 528 with an on-base percentage of 594. Cole scored 21 runs, had 28 hits, four went for doubles, one triple, 14 RBIs out of the two hole, and Cole swiped six bags on the year, and he also is up for player, offensive player of the year. So stick around to see if he is named offensive player of the year. Coach Redman, what can you tell us about Cole Smith? Yeah, Coles came up in a few conversations throughout this year. Like I've said before, man, he's one of the hardest workers in the area. Um, just battles. He's a grinder, and that showed in the stats there. Uh, great future ahead of him. I, he's another one that doesn't know where he's going to college yet, but somebody's going to get a steal with him. I think he'd look good in a Clark uniform, too. What do you think? I think so, too. That'd be phenomenal. I, I think he I think he'd look great in a Clark uniform with Johnny Blake and Zach Sabres and Sawyer. No, I mean, I, I can see this Clark lineup here uh, developing. Brings us to third base. And this guy actually made our preseason all-debut team as our utility player. And he goes by the name of Zach Sabres. Like to give his mom, Stacy Eichmann, a shout out for also allowing me to use her pitchers throughout the season. Thanks for giving me permission. I appreciate that. Also, check out Eichmann's Bar and Grill, best chicken in town. And Zach Sabres, as a third baseman this year, he also did catch quite a bit, but his stat line, he had an average. A 444, an on base percentage of 577. He scored 18 runs, 24 hits, six of those doubles, two home runs, eight RBIs out of that two hole. Zach also swiped four bags as well. Also, uncommitted. Coach Redmond, what can you tell us about Zach Sabres? Yeah, I would say Zach is, is probably the most dynamic and versatile player in the area. I've seen him play probably five positions in the field. Um, swings the bat extremely well. You know, I, I knew he was going to be good a few years ago. I remember a sub-state game. Um, they were playing a Davenport team that had Nettleton on it who went to the University of Iowa. And I remember him hitting a rope to right field. And I thought then, I think he was a freshman, I thought then he was going to be good. Obviously, he's developed. And, uh, yeah, uncommitted. I think there's going to be a team that really likes that kid. I think he'd look great in a Clark uh, Pride uniform. Now, the thing about Zach, I had Zach in my sixth grade language arts class at Jefferson, and I didn't realize how I didn't realize he was a baseball player, and he was a great football player. But um, I read an article about him and Ian Mahler went to play in Florida at some All American game. That's when Ian first came on my radar, and then that's kind of opened up uh, my 
conversations with Zach about baseball all the way back in sixth grade. When I left Hempstead to go coach at Western Dubuque, I gave him all of my uh, Hempstead gear that I had had, a lot of Hempstead stuff, even gave him a pair of Oakland A's Oakleys, green and gold. I hope he's still repping, repping those sunglasses. Those were pretty impressive sunglasses. Coach, that brings us to the outfield. And the outfield is two-thirds Hempstead players. First one is Devin U. Daly. And Devin U. Daly is also up for the Rambler Award, which is the Offensive Player of the Year. Stick around to see who wins that. And Devin this year, as a senior, hit 459. He had an on-base percentage of 477. Devin, in 61 at-bats, scored 19 runs, had 28 hits, 7 doubles, Two triples, one home run, 23 RBIs. He also did steal two bags on the year. Coach, what can you tell us about Devin U. Daly? Yeah, I saw him play a few times this year as well. Down to the state tournament was the most recent. You know, I really think he was probably one of the leaders on that team. Just based on, you know, he just wanted to win at all costs. I remember, and, and there are probably a lot of people listening to this, that's all that first state tournament game. He was willing to run into a basically a cement wall to catch a baseball later in that game to win for him. So, you know, that says enough, and that should say enough to everybody about what kind of player he is. Obviously, his stats were great, but uh, very well deserved on his end there. And he did make an outstanding catch in the semifinal game in the first inning to save two runs, diving catch out there in right field. Yep. And then it brings us to... Junior Logan Rundy, also from Dubuque Hempstead. And Logan Rundy on the season hit 422. He had an on base percentage of 541. In 45 at bats, he scored 13 runs, had 19 hits, 12 singles, 5 doubles, 1 triple, 1 home run, 14 RBIs. Coach, I know you're going to start this with. Uh, I saw him play this year, but. When you saw him play this year, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, he was he was good. Uh, probably the most raw talented player in the area, I would say. He did a great, you know he did a good job on the mound. He'll be the first one to admit to you that he probably didn't perform the way he wanted to this year on the mound, but did a good job. And in the outfield, he was good. He made a made a pretty significant diving catch for them in the state tournament. And at the plate, went both ways. Big big hit in the sub-state final. Um, right-handed, hit the ball over the left field fence for him. That really kind of sealed the deal. But, uh, but yeah, good kid, worked hard, and uh, made a big impact for that team. You know, there are kids that try to swing both ways but don't do it well. Logan is one of those kids that swings it both ways from both sides of the plate, and uh, he swings it very well from both sides of the plate. And it gets us to our final position player, which is sophomore Tommy Speck from Waller. And Tommy is another Rambler Offensive Player of the Year candidate as well. Stick around later to see who wins it. And Tommy, on the year, hit 525. He had an on-base percentage of 569. In 40 at-bats, he scored 16 runs, had 21 hits, five of those going for doubles, one triple, two home runs, and 20 RBIs, and Tommy also stole four bags on the year. Coach, I know we saw him play. 
What can you tell us about University of Illinois commit Tommy Speck? Tommy was dynamic this year. You know, I think he made a really big jump from last year uh, in terms of his approach at the plate, his aggressiveness. Just his style of play was different. I think there was some confidence in there as well with him um, being a, you know, a big-time recruit for Illinois. But, yeah, I mean, he, teams really had to change their game. I know we had talked about it. They had to change their game around him because he was a guy that um, could do just about anything at the plate. So um, proud of Tommy. He's really worked hard at it, and we both know and everybody knows he's going to have a, a great future. And I would also like to thank Owen Funky from Wallert for allowing me to use some of his pitchers over the season as well. Appreciate it, Owen. He's doing a great job. Now, you and I talked prior to coming on about how I think that Tommy is the most feared hitter in the area um, this season. And, uh, him and Calvin Harris, definitely. But what we saw with Tommy is there would be teams that would flat out any type of situation would intentionally walk him. I know in the sub-state game, he homered in his first at-bat against Marion, and then Marion didn't even pitch to him the rest of the game. They didn't want to mess around with him. They just gave him a free base every time. So he is truly a game-changer uh, in the batter's box and also in right field. Now, utility... And our utility guy is somebody who played multiple positions. That was the criteria. And then also had a great season to go with it. And this was a guy who was not on anybody's radar, but he had a fantastic year on the mound, throwing some in the corner infield spots. And it's a guy by the name of Gavin Guns. And Gavin Guns this year had a batting average of 415. He had an on-base percentage of 525 as a junior for the senior Rams. In 41 at-bats, he scored 10 runs, had 17 hits, five doubles, and had 18 RBIs. Now, he was an unknown coming into the season. What can you tell us about Gavin Guns from what you saw, Coach Redman? He was a tough out for him. You know, this year, I don't know how many times he strike out because I know earlier in the year, we had mentioned he didn't have any strikeouts through the first how many games. He did And not, when you have a guy in your... He yeah, did, go ahead. He did not strike out this entire season in 41 at-bats. That's what I mean. You get, a, you get a guy like that in your lineup, and I know there's probably a couple more guys in that lineup that didn't strike out much. You get guys like that in your lineup that you know are going to battle for you and put the ball in play. Um, I think that's enough said on his part. He just battled at the plate and did a good job when he was on the mound, but definitely deserves this, this position, the utility position for, for the all-area all team. Yeah, he had a phenomenal year, flew under the radar all season. He was named dude of the week there at one time, and it'll be interesting to see what type of jump he makes in the offseason for his senior year. Brings us to the pitching staff. In the preseason all-debut team, we went with five. This time we went with six because there was a cluster of pitchers that had pretty much around the same stat line, and it was difficult to leave one off. But we do have one A and one A. We had two pitchers in the city that had phenomenal years. First one from Dubuque Hempstead is senior Andrew Henry. And Andrew Henry, on the year, he was 5-0. and 0. 
he threw 29 innings. Opponents hit 195 off him. He had an ERA of 0.97 and struck out 29 guys. And we also know that Andrew plays a phenomenal first base, swings it well, so definitely could plug him over there at first base or third base for some extra offense too if we were to travel with this team and take this team to some tournaments. You worked with Andrew a little bit in the offseason. It impressed me with him as he threw a lot of strikes. He could throw any pitch at any count for a strike. Anything to add about Andrew Henry? Yeah, it's been a few years since I've worked with him on the mound, but just an impressive year for him all around. As a pitcher, you know, he's, he's that guy that went on the mound and they expected to win every time. So congrats to him on the great year and best of luck to him um, on his next journey at Kirkwood. Our 1A or 1B pitcher, however you want to say it, is senior Casey Perrineau from Western Dubuque Bobcats. And he had a record of 4-0. He threw 27 innings. He also did have a save. Opponents hit 198 off him. His ERA was 1.30. He struck out 27 batters on the season. Always a favorite of mine. What can you tell us about Casey Perno? I think he might look good in a Clark uniform in a couple years. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think what makes Casey so difficult to hit, um, I think he's going to have a good jump in below over the next couple of years of Southeastern. But outside of that, I just think his ability to mix pitches and mix slots a little bit make him really tough to hit. So um, phenomenal kid. We both know that. Um, best of luck to him as he heads south to Burlington and plays for Coach Schulte. Now, our third pitcher on the list is a kid who flew under the radar all season. He's from senior, and he's a junior, and his name is Drew Zillig. And Drew Zillig on the year went 3-0 in 12 innings pitched. Opponents hit 274 off him. He had an ERA of 4.50. He did strike out seven guys on the season. Coach, did you have a chance to see Drew throw it all or not? I did get to see him throw once this year. Uh, he's part of Dusty Rogers' facility as well, so I was able to see him a little bit preseason. Um, but, yeah, just a great kid, showed up and, and worked hard at what he what he did. And, you know, I think if he keeps developing and keeps working hard, he's going to be able to find a place to play in college. And, um, you know, for a lot of these guys, that's their dream. So um, congrats to you, Drew. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this. And uh, keep working hard at it, man. All right, we're going to go with two guys from Wallert because I just happen to have their stats in my next pile. And the first one is Aaron Savory. And Aaron Savory on the year, he threw 22 innings, so he was a workhorse in the short season. He had a record of 1-1. One one. Opponents hit 200 off him. And his ERA was 3.71, and he did strike out 22 guys on the year and also was throwing some semi-pro as well out at, I believe it was the Worthington tournament. Coach Redmond, you know a lot about the Savory family and the Savory workhorses on the mound. What can you tell us about Aaron? Yeah, Aaron, he does a good job of going out and competing. You know, obviously he's just a sophomore and he's got a lot of good years ahead of him. There's going to be colleges all over him coming up here. Um, you know, actually, uh, he did a good job at the plate this year, especially against me out in uh, Cascade. He had a triple off me. I hate to say it, but 
Aaron, uh, Aaron pieced one up against me. So he, he can swing it. He can throw it. Uh, like I said, he's, he's going to be a, a huge resource for coach Tisher over the next couple of years. And, um, I know he'll continue to work hard and do what he does. And I am not going to say anything about your pitching skills because in one episode I called you washed up and holy cow did the semi-pro <laughs> community get all over me. They don't know my sense of humor. They don't know my sarcasm, which brings me to pitcher number five, another Wallert Catholic Golden Eagle. And it's a guy by the name of Jared Wolter, who's a junior. And Jared on the year had a record of 2-0. and He threw 13.1 innings, 13 and a third innings. His ERA was 3.15. He struck out 14 guys on the season and would-be hitters hit 217 on the year against him. Anything to tell us about Jared? Did you have a chance to see him throw it all? Yeah, I've seen him him throw quite a bit over the last few years. Uh, He's been doing it for a little while, and he's started as a freshman on the varsity team. So he's been through the ringer, you know, he's been in multiple substates, understands what it means to, to throw under pressure and whatnot. So, uh, you know, he had a good year. I think, you know, like a few guys, he underperformed and he'd be the first one to tell you that, but I know he'll work hard and be ready for next season. Um, obviously even not at his best, he's still making this team. So congrats to him. Keep working hard and, um, see what the future brings for him. And then it brings us to, we've decided we're going with a six-man rotation. We're going to be like the uh, Oakland A's, and we're going to um, we're going to try to reinvent the game a couple different ways here. So six-man rotation for this first-ever 2020 Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Coach Manaman, Instagram Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, and Facebook Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Six-starter is actually from Hempstead. He's a sophomore, and he goes by the name of Brock Booth. At a time in the year, Brock Booth actually led the state in ERA. He had a very low ERA, but did have a rough start against that tough team, Iowa City Liberty. Now, Brock Booth on the year had a record of 3-1. and one. He threw 15 and two-thirds innings. Uh, opponents hit 288 off him. He had an ERA of 4.47 and struck out 12 guys on the season. I only had a chance to see him pitch against Iowa City High in the opening round of state. Did you have a chance to see Brock Booth throw it all, Red? That was the only time I saw him throw. I heard great things about him all year, though. I know talking with Coach Rapp a little bit. Um, said that he was he was doing a good job for him. So, yeah, I mean, well deserved on his end. He, when it when it comes to great teams like Kempstead had this year, you're going to have your star players. You're going to have your you know your pitchers that throw really well, throw hard, and then you're going to have your guys that really need to bear down and just give your chance a team to win. And he was definitely that guy. Not the most talented, you know. I think he's going to be talented, probably more talented than some of the guys on the team now. But um, he was just great at what he did. You know, he went out through strikes, and gave them a chance to win, and. Um, congrats to him. Keep working hard. You're a young kid yet, so good work. Yeah, the future is bright for Brock Booth, and being a sophomore in that situation at State, a lot of people watching in the ballpark, a lot of people watching worldwide, streaming, following the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on social media. Big, big nerves there uh, during that game, and uh, Hempstead yeah. pulling that one away. Yeah, and you know, I, I saw, I saw, I think it was four games down in Des Moines, 
every single pitcher that came in for their first inning across all across the board basically for all those teams had a really hard job really hard time finding the strike zone um i think that was a combination of maybe the mound being so perfect and so pristine you know a lot of teams aren't used to throwing on a mound that's maybe a little bit more flat than they're used to um and then just the nerves so you know his performance was a little shaky but i think that was across the board with most guys down there so hopefully it's a good learning experience for him yeah, and hopefully they'll be back, and hopefully other teams will be back. I, I don't want people thinking that since I am a former Hempstead coach and I'm a Hempstead alumni that we just gave Hempstead all of this uh, coverage because I'm an alumni. That's not true. Senior makes it to state. Wallert makes it to state. Cascade, Beckman, they make it to state. We're going to give the same type of coverage to those teams as well. Now, next year, what I would like to do is I'd like to have a big schools and a small schools team as well. So I'd like to maybe cover uh, Bellevue and Bellevue Marquette a little bit more. Um, Beckman and Cascade got hosed. Maybe even reach out uh, to Makokita and see if we can get a little bit bigger audience. But I didn't realize how big of an uptake this was going to be. So we did a nice job, I think, of covering four teams. But it gets us to the end of the season awards. Actually... Hold the pause button here. I do have some honorable mentions. There are some kids that had some great years that I do want to mention that um, need to be mentioned as a candidate for the All Dubuque team. From Dubuque Senior, these guys had worthy seasons worth mentioning. Ben Gorley, Alex Revel, Matthew Hirsch, Johnny Blake all had outstanding seasons from Senior. From Western Dubuque, Nick Bryant, Calvin Harris, and Peyton Quigliano. Peyton Quigliano was a tough one to keep out of that outfield. He did hit 429 um, on the season, and Peyton has gone under the radar for Western Dubuque for a long time. He was a three-year starter out there, uh, had a great year uh, come to an end. Those were Western Dubuque's honorable mention. Western, I'm sorry, Wallert Catholic High School honorable mentions. We got Maddie Schmitz had a great year. Landon Stoll had a good year in the outfield and on the mound. Uh, Charlie Yeager had a phenomenal year as well at first base and throwing. And then Hempstead honorable mentions. We have Kellen Strohmeyer, Max Pins, Trey Shaber, and Michael Garrett all had outstanding years for some honorable mentions. First award, Coach Redman. We have the Ed Fan Coach of the Year. Who are you giving it to? It's kind of going to Coach Rapp, uh, just with the, the way he led that team. Um, obviously, the, the talent was there, but uh, as we've seen in the past, it doesn't always having talent doesn't always mean you're going to go far into the state tournament. So I've got to give it to Coach Rapp. He did a great job. Yeah, he also too. I I said at the preseason that I thought it would be Casey Bryan. I think you gave it to all four coaches, so you were bound to uh, to win this one. His uh, his team stayed COVID free. They played well. They swung it well. They threw it well. They stepped up in a big situation. So uh, Coach Rapp would like to share this award with a longtime assistant coach, former assistant coach of mine, Matthew Cooksley. Donnie Perkle, Zach Stevenson, and Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark Hennessy as well. And I would like to say to Coach Cooksley, I, I heard you're going in a new direction. You're going to step away from the game of baseball. 
truly one of the greatest people that I've ever met in all of my years of not only being around baseball, but also an educator. So uh, Matt Cooksley, I'm going to see you in a couple weeks here at Roosevelt. We teach in the same building together. Can't wait to talk to you about the season. Congratulations on um, hanging it up and uh, your next venture, whatever that will be. Now, varsity newcomer, and there were a lot of people that could have won this award. Uh, Nick Bryant from Western Dubuque uh, was up for it. Bryn Van Tiger from Western Dubuque was up for it. Um, we also had uh, Gavin Guns was up for it, but it's going to go to Kellen Strohmeyer. And Kellen Strohmeyer. When you're the leadoff hitter for a team that only loses two baseball games, goes to the state tournament, uh, it's going to be tough to beat you out. And Kellen Strohmeyer on the year had an average of 362, went on base percentage of 465. He stole five bases on the year, but out of that leadoff spot, he hit with a ton of power as well. In 58 at bats, he had 18 runs. 21 hits, four doubles, three triples, one home run, 18 RBIs out of that leadoff spot. Opening round against Iowa City High, he hit a monstrous triple off that tall fence in straightaway center. I believe he did ding the 400 sign. So Kellen Strohmeyer, tough competition. Um, I don't know if I mentioned Trey Shaber. Trey Shaber was also up for varsity newcomer. Um, of the year, but what can you tell us about Kellen Strohmeyer? Yeah, you're right. Down to the state tournament, that first game, he was he was on. He almost, uh, I think, he almost hit a walk off against against them. He hit one to right field. That there were a few of us sitting there that thought that there was a chance on that ball going out. But uh, just a great kid. I know I've said it before about him, but he's going to work hard. Continue to work hard. Had a good year, and I know he's he's not satisfied with how they finished this one. So. Looking forward to his future. And then we go to the Joe Horner Pitcher of the Year Award. It goes to Casey Perrineau from Western Dubuque. We read his stats off earlier in the episode. Coach Redman, what can you tell us about where he's going to college and, and what we can expect from him in the future? Yeah, so Casey's going to Southeastern down in Burlington, playing for uh, Justin Schulte, who's been there a long time. Uh, that program has won a heck of a lot more games than they've lost. They're always competing for a regional title. Uh, so he, he's in good hands. He's going to be part of a program that's extremely disciplined and does things the right way. So I'm really looking forward to, to possibly him coming back to the area during the summers to play and just kind of track his progress, but excited for him. Great kid as well. What brings us to the Nate Rambler Offensive Player of the Year, and this was one – where Coach Redman and myself, we could not decide. Uh, so we put it up to a vote. We put it up on a Twitter vote, and I did not tag anybody because I just strictly wanted it to be, here's the vote, here's how you can find it, go out and vote. I didn't want to give people the opportunity to have me share it under multiple names, uh, people that are sharing it. So I just put it out there once got the word out, and you could make an argument for all three guys that were up for it. It was Cole Smith from Senior, it was Tommy Speck from Wallert, and it was Devin U. Daly from Hempstead. And Coach Redman and I, we talked in length about this many times, and we made a case for all three guys, 
And right when he would go with a name, he would say, well, I don't know. Look at what this person did. And it was difficult. And all three guys are very deserving of the award. But we put it up to a Twitter vote. And we had over 250 votes, I believe. And it went to Devin U. Daly of Hempstead. He got, I believe it was 52% of the votes. I want to say Tommy Speck got 30% of the votes and then Cole Smith got 12% of the votes. I know that probably doesn't equal up to 100%, but there's a reason why I don't teach math. There's a reason why I teach English because I'm terrible at math. Um, But Coach Redman, like we said, we could make an argument for Cole, Tommy, and, and Devin. All three of them are worthy, but Devin took the vote. So congratulations to Devin Udaly on being named the Nate Rambler Offensive Player of the Year. Coach Redman, what can you tell us about those three guys? And, and what were your thoughts when we looked at those three guys and those stats and um, your thinking on, on the players? Yeah, as you said, it was a tough decision. That's why we, that's why we ultimately didn't make the decision, and we left it up to people that uh, wanted to, to make a vote on it. But yeah, I know we 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 talked quite a bit, and it it just depends on what you value in an offensive player. You know, I and, and all three of them played a different offensive role on their teams. You know, Cole Smith batted second, uh, and, and he was a guy that you know was looking to get on base, and he didn't hit a, for a ton of power, but hit some doubles. Um, I think he was almost on base six out of ten times. So. Um, that was kind of his role. Tommy was dynamic. He could do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, had probably, I think he might have had a few more RBIs than Smith. Um, but then Udaly came up and all of a sudden he's got the most RBIs and, you know, he's hitting in, I don't know if it was the four or five hole, driving in the guys that were ahead of him. So, um, ultimately all three stats were great. All three players were awesome. Um, but, but the votes came down to Udaly winning it. So congrats to him. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it basically came down to what you value um, in a player. Obviously, Cole Smith isn't going to have the RBIs as the other guys hitting out of the two hole. Um, and Udaly had the RBIs because he had he had the um, big players on on in front of him that, that did such a great job. But ultimately, you still have to hit the ball. You still have to drive them in. So congratulations on Cole Smith. Tommy Specht on being nominated, and congratulations to Devin Udaly on winning the first ever Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, Nate Rambler Offensive Player of the Year, which brings us to our final award, the biggest award, and no, it's not Commentator of the Year, which we know would go to Coach Manaman. It is the Kevin Romberg MVP Award. I did ask some people to throw me out some nominations. I was just kind of curious. I already knew who it was going to. We did get some Devin U. Dailies. We did get some Cole Smiths. I believe I got one Tommy Speck in there. But Coach Redman, when you think of the four Dubuque schools this year and you think of this season, who is the one name that stands out that just had a uh, miraculous, awesome uh, season that deserves to be mentioned and deserves to win this award. Yeah, I think it had to go to Andrew Henry. I mean, between his offensive stats and what he did on the mound, I, I think I think it's kind of a no doubter for him. He just he carried that team. You know, it's hard to put a value on a guy like that who shows up every day offensively, can get it done, and then when he you know when he gets the call to 
to go on the bump, he, he takes care of business. So um, in my mind, that has to be the guy. Yeah, and he was the guy that when I did reach out for nominations, overwhelming response was him. And and I and I knew it was him. I just I just was kind of curious to pick people's brains. I am going to say his pitching stats again even though we said it earlier, but you think of Devin Udaley's stats and how many runs he drew drove in. That was because a lot of people were pitching around Andrew and Devin uh made them pay. So here are Andrew's pitching stats, and then I am going to say his hitting stats as well. But Andrew on the year in eight in eight appearances was five and zero. He threw twenty nine innings. Opponents hit one ninety five off him. His ERA was zero point nine seven. He struck out twenty nine guys in that season. And then his offensive stats, he on the year. Had a batting average of 386, on base percentage of 478, had 34 total bases. In 57 at bats, he scored 15 runs, had 22 hits, six of those which were doubles, two big flies, and he had 16 RBIs on the year. Coach Redmond, what can you tell us about his future, where he's going, and maybe a little projection for him uh, in the long run? Yeah, so Andrew's going to Kirkwood Community College. Uh, they're a very successful junior college team in the same conferences, uh, Southeastern, as we were talking about uh, with Casey Bear now. So, you know, he's going to go do that program, uh, which always brings in a lot of talent. He's no different. He's a talented guy. He's going to bring a different dynamic to that team. So um, in terms of long run, you know, it's really hard to say. I hate to make a long-term projection, but you know, if he goes there and keeps developing and keeps working hard, you know, he, he could find himself at a Division One school. And, um, you know, from there, the sky's the limit. So congrats to him. I hope he has a, a great two years down at Kirkwood, uh, makes an impact with that team, and is able to move on to a, a bigger and better school. As well, congratulations to Andrew Henry, and as well as him and all of the other seniors, congratulations on an outstanding year. We will continue to follow your careers. We will continue to talk about you on upcoming episodes as you make your way into the college ranks. Thanks to all of our listeners. We still will have episodes coming out, so just because the high school year is over doesn't mean that the podcast is taking a little hiatus we're going to bring in some of the big names from dubuque area and we're going to interview them we're going to catch up with them and we're also looking for suggestions for some episodes as well so from coach andrew redmond of clark university and everybody's favorite coach please catch the satire in that coach manaman 643 we're out of here Postgame show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.